Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan of CNET. It's with heavy heart that I have to announce that this will be the final episode of FTW. It's been a great run these past few years, and I'm glad to have brought on some great reporters to discuss all things esports. But let's get to it. 2023 will be a great year for fighting games. Street Fighter VI launches next month, Mortal Kombat 1, a semi-reboot of the series, is coming out later this year, and Tekken 8 is still on the horizon with a possible 2023 release. Joining me to talk about all things FGC in 2023 is .esports' Kale Michael. Kale, thank you so much for joining me on the final episode of FTW. No problem, man. So let's start at the top. Street Fighter VI comes out next month. We know all the characters that are coming. The hype around the game seems to be great. The betas have generally, from what I've read, gone very well. I had a chance to jump in on one of them. I love the new system of just like walking up to a, a virtual arcade cabinet and going into a fight. Although I don't think I won a single game. So, I mean, what is the latest news on Street Fighter VI before it comes out next month? I mean, for the most part, it's been... Uh, Capcom has been very front-facing with their information this time. A lot of talk from the dev, plenty of mm -hmm. interviews from them, uh, hands-on impressions of the game at multiple events, multiple betas. Uh, they released a demo. After the demo, there was some backlash because players were like, hey, this isn't really like the beta, and this isn't really giving people a lot of chance to, like, try out the core of the game because uh, the only playable characters in like the training versus mode area were um, Ryu and Luke. So mm -hmm. they were like, oh, well, we'll do another beta. We'll do one more beta, which is going on this weekend. Uh, but yeah, they've announced all the characters already. They've announced the full first year of DLC, so there's not going to be any character reveals. Uh, m I think that's mostly because they confirmed that at least most of these four, these four characters, which I believe are three returning and one new character, mm -hmm. uh, including Akuma leading out the end uh, uh, in early next year, are all going to be featured in some way in the story mode. So you're going to get to interact with them in some way. I don't think they're going to be fightable, playable, whatever, but uh, they're going to be in there in some capacity. So mm -hmm. uh, it makes sense from that perspective if you're going to see them anyways. Kind of like how Guilty Gear has like most of the characters that have been DLC in the last two DLC packs for Guilty Gear were in the story for Guilty Gear Strive. So a uh, very similar kind of concept to that. But, I mean, we're, we got all that information, got information about online. The, the beta is going great right now. People are super hyped. And, I'm, I mean, it's going to sell gangbusters at launch just because people want to see uh, the, what this new kind of style they're going for is. Obviously, it's going to sell great anyways. But uh, the idea that, uh, there's a an actual story mode with like some real depth to it, which is what the demo did a really good job of showcasing. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to get really, really into that. Have you had a chance to play it? Yeah, I played through the demo. It's about, uh, I'd say, depending on how long you spend kind of like going around the area that you're given access to, you can play for about an hour, an hour and a half. And you can also fully customize your character and that character will be transferred over to the final game. So you can really spend a lot of time with it getting a, hold of it so i i spent an hour or so with the 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 intro to the story mode which is pretty mm -hmm. bare bones but it, mm -hmm. it shows you kind of like a very yakuza-esque like menu system skill tree kind of like how it's going to build that out you can see the inner workings of it kind of get a feel for how it's going to be i uh, played a little bit of the versus mode uh against the cpu which a lot of people were uh, having a lot of tough time with they've made challenges of it they're all over the place from the last couple weeks but for the most part Game feels great. Uh, the modern control style feels really good. I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy it uh, compared to like uh, the fight stick, uh, kind of like arcade uh, generalists. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it just feels like it's going to be a really good game uh, start to finish. And I'm 
I'm most excited to, to see the kind of response to that to that overhaul story experience. Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed the modern control system. I felt it was, while paired back and not as, like, fully featured as using a stick, it does make the controls way more intuitive for somebody who's just picking up the game for the first time on a controller. I mean, I would uh, liken it to almost, like, Smash Brothers level in ease of use. I mean, what what are your thoughts of it? I think it's really interesting in how it's laid out because it's not just um you hit a button you need to do a thing you still have to use combos to an extent to Mm -hmm. get the right movements get the right actions that you want out of it i would actually liken um tekken eights uh i I forget the name of the system off the top of my head but they also have uh that kind of a modern-ish control scheme but Mm -hmm. instead it instead of being like what street fighter does where everything is mapped to new things and it's like a full control scheme Tekken has a way where it's got a dynamic menu that you can toggle on and off and it'll give you the prompts that will let you use specific moves with a specific combination of buttons is like a very simplified thing. I would liken that to more of a smash style thing because obviously you have like a smash attack. Every uh, B button is a special move. Uh, B button directional is a special move. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very different. I think that's more akin to that, but I do think that the, accessibility and the ease of access that street fighters modern control brings in the long term even with like the the damage debuff or whatever their uh the final numbers on that are going to be uh i i do think that's going to make it a lot more accessible especially for casual players who just want to get in and throw some hadoukens without having to learn all the learn all the special moves you're going to be finally able to pull off some of those super complicated uh for them moves that might be uh might be much easier to use with this uh, modern style. Yeah. Well, while the special moves in Street Fighter Six are flashy, they're definitely not gory, uh, unlike the next game we're going to talk about, which is Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, so the, right now we don't know a ton about Mortal Kombat 1. I mean, right, na- it, right now, what, NetherRealm Studios has shown a trailer, uh, a beautiful trailer, but it's also very, very bloody and, and gory. Uh, so what what is going on here? Why is NetherRealm going and doing this soft reboot of the series? And it's not that they're essentially making the first Mortal Kombat with modern graphics it's like a complete overhaul yeah so if you played mk 11 story uh i'm not gonna spoil anything here but like the end of that game kind of sets up for the ability to do this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and it, it's been building to this for a while with how outlandish and wild some of the the stories in mk games over the recent years have been mm-hmm. but the idea here is that yes it's a reboot uh they're calling it a rebirth almost where it's an entirely different take on the realm of Mortal Kombat, like different lore, uh, different character interactions within that lore. Uh, the gameplay is going to get an overhaul, obviously, uh, with the introduction of cameo fighters, what we assume is going to be Marvel's Capcom-esque uh, assist of some kind that we mm-hmm. haven't seen because they haven't shown any gameplay. Uh, it, it just looks like they're going in a way that's going to let the developers keep Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat at its core in probably both the gameplay and the storytelling, but giving them fresh ways to implement on new mechanics, new features, and then also new story and telling uh, classic character stories in a new way. There have also been some rumors of interesting character additions that are that maybe aren't in the Mortal Kombat universe. Oh yeah, the from from earlier today we got uh, Amazon reportedly leaking the first combat pack. Uh, or where which is the DLC for the game? Mortal Kombat typically works in a way where 
the majority of the base roster is full Mortal Kombat characters from the lore, from the story that are specifically from NetherRealm properties. And then as the DLC expands or a couple characters here and there towards the end of a game's development uh, before official launch, you get a DLC fighter from uh, typically it's like a horror game, some kind of property that uh, Warner Bros owns or some kind of out there guest character that fits the world of Mortal Kombat. We got, I, I believe the two that I saw were um, the character from the boys. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, Homelander? And then, yeah, Homelander. And uh, then uh, the guy from in, uh, Infamous, or not Infamous, Invincible. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the name escapes yeah. me. I, 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 but, also saw, I also saw the, um, what, Peacemaker might, might make an addition as well? Uh, yeah, Peacemaker was another rumored one. Uh, th- this leak did not include, uh, did not include that. It, this was uh, more specifically about. Uh, I, I guess this is more like the combo pack, the the, the pack itself, mm-hmm. where it, it's like. Uh, it, actually, no, Peacemaker was on the list. I just checked, so it's uh, the bo- boys, Invincible, and Peacemaker are all uh, the the things that it's pulling from. So right. Homelander, Omni-Man, and then Peacemaker are on the list. I think there's one other one, but I'm not going to get into semantics here. So uh, the idea would be, yeah, Warner Brothers owns these IP, or they've licensed out the IP. They're bringing in these characters to make a lot of sense to fit into the Mortal Kombat world, whether they be because the the world, like in uh, Invincible, very bloody, in The Boys, very bloody. Uh, Peacemaker is a DC property, and the character is known for being in like the Suicide Squad's um, most recent uh, expansion so maybe we'll get the john cena version of that character <laughs> uh and we're gonna see a lot of uh, just like w- interesting ways that those characters get in- introduced if this is in fact what happens but this is the the norm for uh, uh mortal Kombat or even an invincible where they they pull from a lot of different ip to give the dlc its own unique kind of spin i wouldn't be surprised if we see other movie characters get added later on other dc characters get added later on i mean the last yeah. game we got we got spawn we got the joker like it, it it's what happens with these games the, how has the reaction been on like the mortal Kombat subreddit are people hyped for for this reboot idea or are others upset that uh, they're the i don't game think that they've known is getting a change i don't think anybody's upset because it's a new mortal Kombat game and we don't know what it's going to be yet like we haven't mm-hmm. seen the gameplay typically mm-hmm. the first negative responses to a fighting game like this will come when the gameplay is showcased like right. i remember when mortal Kombat 11 got shown off it was very different from mkx and there was a lot of people that were kind of put off by that. <laughs> so I think that that's where you're going to see the most visceral reaction is once the gameplay gets shown off, how different is it? Where, where do the combos end and the assist take over? Where is right. this? Where is that? What characters are going to get confirmed and deconfirmed? Just yeah. like with um, smash assist trophies and smash me fighter uh, costumes, you're going <laughs> to see a lot of characters that are going to get deconfirmed by being assist rather than actual characters and the crossover there. Where's that start and end? <laughs> I think, you're going to start seeing a lot more of that. But right now people are kind of like trying to piece together where, where does the story, like where's the story changed? How are people going to change? Are like powers going to be different? Are there hints at these gameplay elements? Uh, but we can't really piece anything together just from that trailer outside of like lore implications and some story stuff. And then what the devs have said, which isn't very much because we're going to hear more about it probably here in a couple of weeks at like summer games fest and or summer game fest and some of these other like uh, video game showcase events over the Mm -hmm. summer well one game that i'm uh also really interested in uh checking out and uh, you actually had some hands on time with it is tekken 8 so uh first and foremost 
do we have any info on if or if Tekken 8 will actually come out this year? My response to anybody that asked that is I never thought it was going to be 2023. I don't even think they gave a window for it. People were like, oh, it could be as early as 2023. Typically, Japanese game developers, uh, especially if they're in the same space, don't try and run over each other. And mm. with how tight the ties between like Bandai Namco and Capcom are, I was never going to expect Tekken to launch in the same year as Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily because they would be fighting against each other for like market share or anything, especially if they launched like six months apart. Uh, but the idea is probably not going to happen. And then they're going to run side by side for years and years and years after they launch in different years. So uh, we're getting street fighter June 2nd, uh, mortal Kombat one in uh, on September 19th. Mm -hmm. And then my guess is we're going to get Tekken next spring. So it's probably nice. going to be like a, three to four month gap between street fighter and mortal Kombat, And it's probably going to be about four to five, maybe six months between mortal Kombat to Tekken, uh, in that like spring window of release, whether it be March, April, whatever they want to do. But my guess is 2024. We'll probably get an official release date here this summer. Uh, once hmm. they reveal more about the game, obviously they've been drip, drip eating characters. I mean, heck when I was at the, the preview event and playing the game, uh, it was before they, um, announced some of the characters that they announced leading up to Evo uh, Japan. And so uh, some of the characters were already playable in that build that we, and then they announced, uh, they announced post um, embargo going up. So like th there's going to be all kinds of news about that game still coming out. Obviously the roster's going to be a lot bigger than uh, people have seen characters already. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's probably just going to keep being, uh, it's going to be a similar situation to how, uh, King of Fighters was a couple of years ago where they're probably just going to keep showing a couple characters here or there, leading, probably one at each of the big fighting game events. They'll probably have a big announcement at Evo. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big character announcement probably at Summer Game Fest or mm -hmm. maybe even a date announcement there, uh, especially now that Mortal Kombat has its date locked in, even though I'm sure Bandai already knew that ahead of time somehow. And Well, I mean, you also had hands-on with Tekken 8, so I mean, what are your impressions? Uh, I'm not a huge Tekken guy. I, I really enjoy playing Tekken with friends, but it's not the fighting game that I spend the most time with. I usually spend more time with like a, a Street Fighter and anime mm -hmm. fighters like Guilty Gear or Dragon Ball Fighters. But uh, I did have a fantastic time at that event with Tekken 8. Uh, everybody there was super hyped to play it. The system was super intuitive. As someone who, uh, before that event, had put in a little time to like g learn the systems of Tekken again since I hadn't played in a couple years, uh, the intuitiveness of the that toggle that I talked about earlier with the uh, with the modernized control scheme, you mm -hmm. could literally just flip on and off at any point during a match to gain easy access to some combos that I normally wouldn't be able to pull off because I'm not as experienced with the game. Uh, like it, it saved so much time. The only time a lot of the people that were at that event, uh, including like a T Tasty Steve and a bunch of like veteran like Tekken content creators and stuff. Uh, we're opening the, the like the combo menus. We're just to look at the combo menus, but you didn't have to do that to get a feel, hmm. because you could constantly just be toggling that on and off because it's a dynamic menu, and you could be like, oh well, I'm gonna just throw this out now because I don't need to know the combo to pull off that move or to get a juggle all the way to the corner, so I can free up time to spend more time playing the game and experimenting myself versus, hey, I need to spend twenty, twenty five, thirty minutes looking over a combo like list and then practicing the moves myself 
before I feel comfortable going into a game with someone. Well, that's re that's good to hear. You know, I, I, it's been a while since I've also had a chance to play some Tekken, and I really want to get back into it. And if there's an, I guess, an easier control stream, that also, that all obviously just makes it more accessible for everybody. Uh, but for my final question for, for the show, I guess for the podcast, is uh, Kale. What are some of your fighting games wish wish lists? I don't know ideas, things that you'd like to see, not just in twenty twenty three, but maybe over the next five ten years. Well, I'd like to see Dragon Ball get roll back netcode before Evo, <laughs> because I right. want to play Dragon Ball with good online. But the beyond that, it's like I I just want more. I guess evolution, but even like even after Guilty Gear Strive two years ago now, like we're are coming up on two years ago now. It's like they're constant like games are constantly evolving games mm -hmm. are like that's just how the industry works but fighting games specifically since 2020 like even with the final season of street fighter 5 and even some of the final season of tekken 7 like those games just evolved entirely within themselves right without having to have a new release and now we're getting new releases i can't really ask for much more uh besides like the developers to keep doing that to keep listening to fans to keep like really like listening to the communities and seeing what works and what doesn't and like expanding what they do because street fighter six looks like everything everybody wanted out of street fighter five and they just took it and did it in street fighter six it looks like tekken 8 is going to do a lot of what people really wanted or try some new things uh that people are going to get really hyped about for tekken i think i don't know we don't know much about mortal kombat one but it seems like the devs are trying new things and trying to spice up uh, a formula that some people with 11 didn't really enjoy. So I think uh, moving forward, just more of that, more of the, Hey, let's listen to the fans a little bit. Let's see what they want. Let's uh, get feedback on these materials. Let's make sure that what, what we're releasing is something that's going to be uh, even if it's not like a perfect game, because there's never going to be a, a perfect game, at least something that people can spend hundreds of hours with and be feel rewarded for it without like some of the gimmicks of maybe like a, a full on live service game or something like that, because that's, that's been a huge like talking point with uh, some developers over the last years of how fighting games uh, be, kind of like maybe transition to that free to play or that model of, Hey, uh, there's this battle pass. Like they need to find a nice balance of sticking to their arcade roots and modernizing games. And I feel like currently we're at a good place with like DLC constant updates uh communication as you've seen with like arc system works over the last couple of months with some of the uh, server issues and uh hacking issues that they've had being very upfront with their community about a lot of stuff and i think just more of that is uh i mean you can never go wrong with it yeah and i think for me i, I definitely want to see more about project l i mean the game looks gorgeous so far for the, the few things that we have seen um and yeah, I don't know. Just it looks really interesting. And I think one thing on my wish list that I know will never ever happen is like a legitimate Super Smash Brothers Melee too. Uh, as I, I love uh, Melee, and uh, I think it's ripe for like uh, a new entry into that that fighting system. But uh, I just think Nintendo would. I'd just know that the, they they would I, never go for that. <laughs> if if we're talking like an extension of Melee, like we have a lot of games now coming out. I mean, we had Rivals of Aether. Yes, uh, yes. which is still like really is super fun getting supported. It's getting a sequel soon. Actually, I think next year too, mm -hmm, or maybe mm -hmm. a year after that. But uh, we're at a point now where a lot of people have grown up with a melee or with a fighting game that they really loved. And then they just go on and make their own fighting game. It's right. not going to get the same uh, love or 
attention or anything as a brand like Super Smash Bros. would. And I don't know what's next for Super Smash Bros. I don't know if we're going to get another one, if they're just going to re-release Ultimate with like the Definitive Edition, maybe some more DLC down the yeah. line uh, with the next Switch console, or next whatever Nintendo does next. But uh, we're, we're not going to get a Melee 2, as sad as that is, just because that's not in the cards. That's not how Nintendo rolls. No. Uh, especially with how they've approached Melee as a as something the last 15 20 years but uh we're gonna get more melee from the fans from the people that are still playing the game that are innovating on the game that are creating content for the game like yeah though that's the great thing about fighting games is that there's always going to be people that you can go back to these older games and play like someone brought up like man brawl like smash brawl is a dead game and someone was like no it's just small you just have to go find the community. Like there's definitely a discord server. You could go join somewhere where people are in, probably in your local area, maybe have like an eight man, 10 man, 12 man local right? that they go to every other week where they just play brawl. Like you can find those in the fighting game community just because there's <laughs> so many, there are these deep roots. And once you find a game you love, you don't have to quote unquote move on. You can stick with it. You can play the new things, but there's always going to be the hardcore people that you can find to appreciate the, the old thing you like. And with that, Kale, thank you so much for coming on to the show. No problem, man. And that was FTW with ModCon, part of the Dot .esports podcast network. Thank you for tuning in for all these years. The point of this show has been to highlight independent esports journalism, not people who are influencers or commentators tied to the industry. This has always been a show for people who cared for esports news without a PR filter over it. I want to thank a few people before we close out the show. Thank you to Annie Pei, Henrique Demore, Jacob Wolf, Thomas Tuccio, Kevin Morris, Rachel Samples, Justin Binkowski, and all the great journalists who have contributed to this show, including Alex Lee, Mateus Meter, Michael Kelly, Scott Robertson, Preston Byers, Adam Fitch, Tyler Esquera, Jess Jarnagel, George Geddes, Hunter Cook, Stephen A. Sarge, Shannon Lau, and Mikhail Klimentov. I'm sure I'm missing a few names, but thank you again, and I consider you all of my friends. And of course, thank you to Dot Esports. Thank you again to Kale for being such a fantastic contributor to the show. Of course, you can follow him at xjustified on Twitter. While this is the end of FTW, I'm sure I'll be back with some other show or podcast in the future, so stay tuned for that, whenever that may be. Of course, to be the first to know, follow me at Imad on Twitter. And with that, it's been a great run. I wish everybody a happy and productive 2023, and of course, continue to support independent esports journalism. <laughs>